In the hustle and bustle of life, our once cherished friendships often find themselves buried beneath the responsibilities of motherhood. While this phenomenon affects both men and women, there's something truly magical about the way women rekindle their friendships. Friendships among women can be celebrated for centuries, from the legendary bonds of Thelma and Louise to the fearless quartet of Ryan, Sasha, Lisa, and Dina in Girls Trip, or even Annie and Lillian in Bridesmaids. These stories, while fictional, echo a universal truth. Female friendships are an essential part of life, a source of support, laughter, and wisdom. However, as time passes, our lives change. We move to different cities, pursue varied careers, and embark on different life journeys. Through these transitions, friendships can sometimes take a backseat, leaving us yearning to reconnect with the friends who once knew us best. Hey there, my name is Tony Ann. I am the host of the Real Happy Mom podcast, the podcast for busy working moms who need help with time management and achieving their big goals without pulling their hair out. And fun fact about me, I am the oldest of three girls. In this episode, we will dive into the art of rekindling friendships and exploring the profound impact it has on our lives. Whether you're a woman who is contemplating reaching out to a long lost friend or simply curious about the magic of rekindling, this episode is for you. So let's go ahead and jump into this episode with my guest, Amy Daughters. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I am really excited to talk to you because I have been talking to one of my friends in particular about developing friendships as an adult, which can be really awkward. But I feel like you share a different side um, of the story that I feel like we don't talk about as far as rekindling friendships. And I am really excited because in your book, Dear Dana, which we'll talk about a little bit here today, you talked about how you're able to rekindle a friendship from a long, long time ago. So super excited to have you and talk to you. But before we jump into our topic, I wanted you to share a little bit about you and what you do and who you serve. I'm a mom of two and a husband of one, and I'm an, <laughs> that's a pretty good line. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm an author, and I, I'm a freelance writer, and I spent a lot of time writing about co- college football, and I spent a lot of my writing career writing about college football. I wrote a first book, and then this entire Dear Dana story happened to me, which is my second book, and now the, the, the story had such a profound impact on me that I'm just kind of on a mission to share this story of the hope we have in our connections with each other. Yeah. And I love that you, you say that you write about football. I know there's um, a lot of people in my life that you would actually be a fan favorite. So I think that is super cool, but really it's super cool is your book, Dear Dana. And it's, the book is titled Dear Dana, The Time I Went Crazy and Wrote all 580 of my Facebook friends, a handwritten letter. So I want to go back to the beginning of this story because in the book, I know you shared a lot of kind of the the background story of your friendship with Dana. So what made your friendship with Dana so special and like Clifton's version of like how you all met and what made your friendship with her so special when you first became friends? Right. We met at a summer camp in 1986 so, you know, 30 something years ago, we were both camp counselors. We both have big personalities. We both think we're funny. And we basically spent six weeks together. And that was it. And then we went on and did 30 years of life apart. And I think we just, we, 
we just, there's something about our personalities that connected enough so that, you know, you have those relationships in your life where you, you met somebody, it was pretty brief. You don't really remember all the deets, but you're like, ah, that person really resonated with me. Well, that was Dana for me. So I went on and did life for three decades. Her, her name was always in the back of my head somewhere. I know we had a few great conversations. I think more than anything, it was just meant to be friends that it didn't play out in 1986 because there wasn't the time for it. So speed forward, you know, 2014, I finally see her on Facebook. We reconnect. I find out her story. And then this whole story that I ended up non-intentionally writing a book about happened. Nice. And one of the things in your story when I was reading was when you got on Facebook and you actually found her, like, what was your initial response when you saw her on Facebook? Well, I, you know, I hadn't seen her in 30 years. And when I when I'd seen her in 1986, she had this real black curly hair. Now her hair was straight and blonde. And I don't know why I was like, wait a second, what's happened? And, you know, so that was my first impression. And then I did, you know, the light stalking we all do and, you know, went through her pictures and here's where she really lives. And she really did marry that guy. And she had five kids and the youngest and the only son, Parker, immediately, this was the, of course, what would be most of her posts is Parker had cancer. And he was at St. Jude in Memphis, Tennessee. So that meant his cancer was serious. So this family was in a fight. Yeah, yeah. And when you did initially reach out to her, it was when Parker was going through treatment. And what, how would you say like you felt, did you feel like awkward when you initially reached out to her? Or was it like, oh my goodness, we just picked up from last times? Well, you know, she was asking for people to pray because he was actually in a chemo treatment. And he, he was very sensitive to chemotherapy. And so I Facebook messaged her and was like, look, I'm praying for you. I'm thinking about you. And I did feel awkward because I was like, you know, what if she doesn't even remember me? Because, you know, I think we all have a different way we approach friendship requests on Facebook. Like, yes, I totally 100% remember who you are. Or yes, we're connected to these three people. Oh, you're probably that girl I met in junior high school. And so I, I felt like I was kind of put myself out there. And the other thing was when you're dealing with a mom, whose child has cancer. I mean, are you, should you just be silent in the background or is that a good or a bad thing to interrupt, you know, that whole thing? So yeah, I felt a little awkward, but I felt really in the whole time I've been reconnected to Dana, I felt compelled on a way that I shouldn't to be involved. And that's part of what drove this whole story though, really. Now, um, you kept up this letter writing with her. And I will say that that is like one lost art that <laughs> we don't have. I, I was telling my husband, like, I still like to send Christmas cards. I still like to personally write thank you cards, like handwrite thank you cards, because that's one thing that I think we were missing a lot of. Like, yeah, the emails are great. The DMs are fun. But the actual getting a letter in the mail, I don't think we see that as much anymore. So I know that for me, that that stood out to me in your story. And then two, that you <laughs> sent a letter to all of your Facebook friends. I was like, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> so tell me how this all got started and what prompted you to do that? Well, you know, I, you know, I, I contacted Dana via Facebook message and then Parker went into remission. And then when he relapsed and she did a big Facebook post and says, you know, we're going back to Memphis. For me, it was like a bolt of lighting because I'm a writer. That's what I do. So I was like, well, I don't handwrite people letters. First of all, I didn't before this. And so, but it was like something just was like, here's what you can do. You can start sending your letters. So I started sending these letters to the Ronald McDonald house in Memphis and it's probably six to eight weeks of sending the letters. And then unthinkably, and there are no good words for this, you know, Parker passes away at age 15. 
And I'm like, so what do I do now? It had nothing to do with me. And I'm, I'm clear about that. Like I'm a logical person. I understand this had nothing to do with me, but I was like, you know what? I'm just going to keep writing her letters. So for about four months, I wrote her. And, you know, there was a point in time where I was like, you know, really? And I don't know how much it would have continued, but the major turning point in the story is when about four months into me writing Dana after Parker passed away, she began to write me back. Mm. And so for two years, and think about this, in like 2015, we communicated exclusively through the U.S. mail. We didn't have each other's details. And she started sharing about her grief. I started sharing about my life. The letters got longer and longer. We had no idea. I had no idea when she read the stuff I said or if she ever read it. I had no, she had no idea what I was doing on my side. We didn't know what the other person believed. We didn't know about each other's politics. All it was was this exchange. And we trusted each other on this level that made zero sense. But we were telling each other all the business. I was kind of a safe space because she was doing grief with her whole family. And I was outside of that. And she trusted me with all that. And it was so profound that I would have this intimate, very meaningful relationship with literally this random girl from Louisiana that I was like, wait a second, guys, you know, if this can be so life-changing, what else is untapped in this list of people that I'm somehow associated with? And so I was like, I'm going to write everyone. And I realized again, that is nuts. It is like bonkers off the chain. And when I started this project, and I treated it like a real project, like I had rules and, you know, I journaled it and everything. I never thought, I really don't think I ever really thought I would finish and write almost 600 letters. But once I got started, I just couldn't stop because it was just like, boom, boom, boom. Let's blow up your whole life and your heart. And then it, just so many different levels, but the power of a handwritten letter, people know the effort that took to do. You know, if you wrote me a letter, Tony Ann, I know that you had to go find paper and a pen. And this is 2023. Then you had to get an envelope. Then you had to go get a stamp. And then you weren't done. You had to go find a, a, a post office box to put it in. And then people just felt so important, even though I was very clear that I was writing everyone, including Dana, including me. We all felt so important that it was life changing. I, I really, really love that part of the story, how it just really changed a lot of things for for a lot of the people that were receiving and also for you who are actually writing those letters. So I know there's probably moms that are listening that's like, okay, that sounds cool and everything. But like, how do I get started? Like, where do you even start? Like, what would you give us as pointers on like rekindling a friendship or even just starting with writing a handwritten letter and not even knowing what to put on that paper? Right. right. I, th I think the first thing, if you just, and I did this, I didn't do this on purpose. Like if you think about what would it look like if I was going to write a Facebook friend, a letter, the first thing you would do is you would do, and, and I'm not saying you have to write a Facebook friend, but you can take your friend and put this, put these steps around it, you know, and this is what I did over and over again. So I can, I can, I can speak a lot to it, but first of all, you, you look at the person, you go look at the profile. Like I did with Dana at her hair, you look and say, okay, who is this person? What are, what do they do in their life? You know, like, what's their job? Like you're a dentist and you're a podcast host and you're a mom. So you identify with that, like, oh, and you went to school here or you did this. You'd be like, okay, so this is what this person's real life is. And when you do that, it starts to take some of the divide. You know, we're in this culture where everyone's divided, you know, but if I look past like whatever I assume your political beliefs are or your religious beliefs and I'm like, who is she? Who is Tony Ann? So I get a grasp on that. And if I ask myself a second question, I'm like, well, who is she to me? 
well, I met you in junior high school and we were band together. You played the flute and I played the clarinet. And you remember that time that my grandmother died and you were like there for me and like sat in the back of the room for me and let, let me cry. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that was so important. That was like 27 years ago was so important. So, okay, so now I get my piece of paper out and I don't care what you believe or what you don't believe. I care that you sat there with me while you had a flute and I had a clarinet and you, you helped me. So all of a sudden, the letter becomes easy to write. I'm like, it can be as long as four pages where I talk about how I'm, you know, I've seen your kids online and, and, and they're so cute and I'm proud of you for being a dentist because I knew that took a lot of work. And then, you know, followed by, hey, I never said this, but thank you for helping me out you know, when I was in high school, junior high school at my wedding, whatever the circumstances was. And that's how the letter gets filled with meaningful stuff. And, and, and the great thing about letter writing is I could do that. Some people can do that in three sentences and some people need four pages. That's me, you know, but there's nothing, there's no rules. Like both of those things are so meaningful and right. And, and, I think that you could Facebook message that and, and there'd be so much meaning in that. And that'd be great. And, and that would be enough. But if you want to go next level, then that handwritten letter, all of a sudden they're going to have this thing in their hands that was meant just for them, that took another human being all this effort to do. And what's going to happen is they're going to save that thing for the rest of their life. And I did this 600 times. So I, 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 know, I know this. I've seen it over and over and over again. The biggest response I got was, I'm going to save it until the day I die. And I, I never had that intention. I'm not some, I'm just another girl trying to stay married and not screw up my kids. I, and that's what's magical about the stories. I did not intend any of it. It just happened through the process of trying to write all these letters. And, and then you, you said this earlier, Tony Ann, the person who's going to be most changed is you. Because you're going to be grateful and you're going to feel like you've made a difference to somebody. And then your hope meter and your grateful meter is going to be off the charts. And you're going to move through your life at a, at a different spiritual, and I'm not speaking about religion. You're just going to have a different spirit about you. You're going to have a little spring in your step. Yeah, absolutely. And while you were talking, I was just reminded of... Um, there's these journal prompts that I do in the morning. And one of the, the prompts is, who can I surprise with a note or a message today? And I don't know why I picked this person that I found out moved back to or move back to the city that I'm in. And I hadn't seen them since I was in dental school, which was over 10 years ago. So I put on that day that I was going to reach out to that person. And when I did, I wasn't expecting a response back like you. And when she responded back, she was like, oh my goodness. Like, first of all, thank you for reaching out and telling me, you know, how much of an impact I had on you and all these things. And it opened up the door for a really great conversation. Also for us to develop a relationship, which led to other opportunities. But if I even had taken it a step further and been like you and put it on a piece of paper, I think that would have really put that little special little touch on it. But I love the fact that one, you don't know like how people will respond to it. And two, like how it opens up like so many great things. And then, like you said, three you know, it just makes you feel different about yourself and makes you feel more positive and grateful and give you that spring in your step, as you say. Right, right. And I think, you know, speaking to your story, it is a great jump off point. We, we talk so negatively about social media. And I think that there's so much truth in that. But, you know, after going through this letter writing project, the truth is, 
you know, a, a Facebook profile or a Instagram or a Snapchat or whatever your tool is, is a great jump off point for real relationship because it connects us with all these people and we can take it and then go next level with it. So it is a way to rekindle. We don't all have to do it the same way. You know, it can be, it can be a bunch of different ways we go about it, but it is a great place. Cause I will tell you when I, when I put, cause what I did is I put everyone's name in a spreadsheet and then cut out little pieces of paper and drew a name out of a box every day and wrote that person a letter. And you're talking about literally, you don't have to write a letter. You can get those small cards from target or Walmart and you can write five sentences. You can have the exact same impact. In my opinion, it's, it's a 15 minute job. You know, I do it every morning still with like birthday cards or something because it just, it's like adrenaline for me now, but it's a, so it's a small commitment. But when I look through those names, at the beginning of the project was like, oh yeah, it was like this random list of names. Like, and we're, this is so relatable because we all have it. But when I look through that list now of those 580 original friends that I wrote to, it is like a, just a treasure trove of these relationships that are so real. And guys, everybody who's listening, that is out there for each of us. It is out there and it is a way to give other people hope and, and to infuse hope into our own lives as well. Absolutely. And one of the things that um, I was starting to talk to you about before I hit record was about how a lot of times I talk to moms and they'll say like, oh, I don't have any friends. And, you know, oh, it's so hard to to meet and make new friends or whatever. And you have really just proven like sometimes we don't necessarily need to make new friends, but just rekindle some of those friendships that we had in the past. So I love your story and I love how we can go about doing it with these handwritten letters. But I know there's a mom listening that's like, okay, great. Tony Ann and Amy, this sounds really wonderful, but like, I'm so busy. I don't have time. Like, what would you say to that mom that wants to get started with it, but it's trying to figure out how to make it fit in their life. Well, I would say, I mean, if you're wanting to go the handwritten route, I mean, I think that's great. Again, I don't think we all have to do the exact same thing, but if you want to do that, then you pick one morning or one lunch break and you're like, I'm going to give it 10 minutes a week because you know, that's, that's doable. We can find that or just send a Facebook message or send a text because that point of connection, it doesn't have to be a handwritten letter to matter. That's just next level. And I would recommend that when you, when you, when you, have a moment when you feel like you can carve out 10 or 15 minutes, you know, because it would, again, it will benefit you more than you know. But I would say just start with the person who comes to your mind. That's what I like about your story. I don't know why this person came to mind, but that's who I decided to write a letter to. I tell people all the time that first person that comes to mind is absolutely the person you should reach out to, connect with, Facebook message, text, email, whatever. Yes, write a handwritten letter, get a card and three stamps and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Love that. Love it. And the other thing that I love too is like, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be the handwritten letters. And I know I've been focused on the handwritten part just because, like I said, I think that's something that we've lost here, at least in 2023. We we don't see that many. And whenever I get a letter in the mail or a card in the mail, like I just feel like I am the most important person because Amy, I know you're probably like me. You get a lot of junk mail. Well, maybe not so much anymore. Maybe you get people writing you back, but a lot of junk mail and a lot of stuff that I'm like, man, man don't really want that. So to get a card or a letter in the mail just like lights me up. So I know that there are other means, like you said, like we can start with with sending some DMs or even sending an email. And that's what I did. I sent an email to um, that person I was referring to earlier. So it doesn't necessarily have to be, but I love how you just said, just like getting started with the first person that comes to mind. Yeah. You can't, you got to tell yourself over and over again, you can't get it wrong. I mean, it, and it's, it's never too late to reach out to somebody and you tell them you care or congratulate them, or I apologize in a lot of letters, you know, and it just cleared the slate for me. 
and I, you know, thanked people and congratulated them and offered support. And it's never too late to do any of those things. You, like I said, three sentences, a hundred sentences, an email, you know, smokes, whatever works for you, works for you. And it, and it's still going to have that one-on-one person-to-person connection that the other person is going to go and tell their mom about for real. You know, I still get letters and like, mom, you're not gonna believe who I heard from. And she, she's got to be over that because I've said that so many times, but you know, but, but you're going to feel like, yeah, yeah, I made, I made a difference. Then you're going to get responses that are just going to blow you away to, as, as to your point in your story. Yes. Yes. Now I want to go back to your story. So you did develop this um, friendship or rekindle this friendship and you did reach out to all of these other book friends as well. And it's been a little bit of time that's passed since you've done all that. Right. Right. So I was just wondering, like, how have things been different for you as far as the friendships and relationships that you have now compared to before you did that project? You know, it's amazing because the ripple effect is more like a, like a tidal wave for me, because when I see people in person, you know, any of those 580 I exchange a letter to, I, I feel different. I think they feel different. People are like the hugs are bigger, like the, you know, and it's not even like a said thing. It's just like, you know, these relationships are deeper because they're like, you treated me like a real life person. And these persons, you know, it's, they've become flesh and bone to me through these letters. But I will tell you, my family laughs because like, say a memorial service or, you know, some kind of open invitation event, or there's something going on and people on Facebook know about it, like a book signing or a, you know, whatever the case may be, these people show up physically. And I think it's hundred percent because the letters, not because I'm a great writer. It was what the act meant to him. My dad was in the hospital and he was close to, he ended up passing away sadly, but you know, people kept showing up. And even at his memorial service, they did. And my brother and sister were like, oh my God, it's the letter people again. The letter people are coming out of the woodwork. And it's, it's, it's because they, that's their reaction to being, you know, individually treated. They felt like they mattered and they were going to show up for me because th- that's how much it mattered to them. And it's just mind blowing. You know, I had a, a, a sign a book signing in Houston with my first book and I just moved back to Texas and I was pretty sure nobody was going to show up to this thing because I'm an unknown author. I don't know anybody. And this girl who I'd written to has said what her Facebook friends don't realize is that she'd show up for him in real life if if she just knew about it. So she's she lived in Austin. I lived in Houston. It was three hours apart. I hadn't seen her in 35 years. This girl from high school walks into the book sign with my book in her hand and is like, and didn't even say I'm here for you. I'd show up. Nothing like that. Wasn't like a Hallmark movie. She was just like, you know, it was just here. She, she went, she came for the day and then drove back because of the letters. That is so, and I love all of these connections. And like you said, stronger relationships and stronger bonds that you have with all of these different friends from Facebook that you sent these letters to. I love that these um, friendships are definitely genuine too as well, because that's another thing that like really gets me. I have found that there's like so many really phony relationships, but when you do things like this, as far as really developing that, that connection and developing those relationships, like you really kind of get down to like the core of things and really like know people for, for, for people, not just because of like what they have or who they are and things like that. So that's another reason why I was so drawn to your story and really just wanted to hear about you because this, this is something that I know will help a lot of moms who are listening. I know that 
it is a struggle to like make friendships. I am not denying that. As an adult, it is hard, <laughs> especially when you don't get out as much as you used to and things of that sort. So I get it. But developing or actually rekindling the friendships and relationships that you have from the past, I think is one thing that we could definitely do better about because there is at least one person, at least one person, maybe even 580 <laughs> that you could um, reach out to and um, definitely make that connection even stronger. Absolutely. And those, those people, they're waiting to hear from somebody too. I think we're all waiting to hear from somebody. You know, I think we're all waiting for, to be, to feel like we're really connected to another human being. And part of it's social media and, and part of it's because we live in this divisive culture. And I think for me, that was one of the biggest to- takeaways is that, you know, if, if you, Tony Ann, write me a letter out of the blue, let's say, you know, we went to high school together, college together, dentist, dentistry school, whatever, you know, and then you just tell me that you care about me and you're thinking about me and you, you say something that we're, con- you know, some way we're connected. And then I respond to you, you know, in kind with nothing but goodwill on the line. Nobody's trying to do anything, but just connect. Then all of a sudden, all that stuff that separates one person from another, especially where we're sitting right now, culturally, it's still there, but it just doesn't seem to matter as much. You know, it just takes away the power of what, what those things, you know, those things that divide us that are real, because it really, it comes down to one person, one hero connecting with another hero and with no villains. It's very, it's super, super powerful. And on so many different levels personally, but then from a bigger picture standpoint, I really think that us connecting one-on-one in whatever way we can do, it really does have the potential to, to change things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now I have talked about the book before here in this conversation. So if you're listening, you definitely want to grab the book. Dear Dan, at the time I went crazy and wrote all 580 of my Facebook friends, a handwritten letter. So where can we find this book? If we want to read, read it, if we want to share it with a friend, all that good stuff, where can we find it? You can, you can get it wherever books are sold. You know, bookstores are hard. Now you can order it any of your local bookshops. I'm a big proponent of, you know, independent bookstores, but you can get it and you can get it on Amazon. You can get it on Barnes and Noble. You can get it anywhere books are sold. There's a great website called bookshop.org and that is an online, you know, site. You can go on and order it there, but it does that those, the, the profit funnels down to smaller bookstores that, you know, need our help, but you can get it. You can get it anywhere books are sold. Awesome. Awesome. And I'll be sure to include that link in the show notes. Now, Amy, if there is someone listening that wants to connect with you, learn more about you, where can we find you online? Well, my website is amydaughters.com. That's got all my deets. And I have a Facebook author page. I have a Instagram and all those links are on amydaughters.com. So, and, and my email address is on there. There's a link to that and there's a form you can fill out. But if you want to connect with me, talk about letter writing and hope and, you know, ribbon dancing, I'm available for all those conversations. Awesome. Awesome. And again, I'll make sure to have all of those links in the show notes. Amy, this has been such a great conversation. You've definitely shown us how we can start to create those connections and rekindle some of those friendships. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and sharing all of the tips that you have for us today. Well, thank you so much, Tony Ann, for having me on. I enjoyed it. And thank you for the opportunity to share our story. Now that's it for this episode of the Real Happy Mom podcast. Make sure you go to realhappymom.com slash 214 to get all of the links that were mentioned in this episode. And be sure to stay tuned for next week for another full episode. Take care and with lots of love.